Welcome, everyone, to our fifth episode of In the Corner. Really, really excited today to be joined by Shannon Bugos, a 2016 Notre Dame grad. Shannon was a two-time captain and was president her senior year. Shannon is joining us from Washington, D.C. today, and uh, just really, really excited to catch up with you, Shannon, and thanks so much for being here. So welcome officially to the In the Corner podcast. Thanks. I'm very excited to be here. This is a really cool podcast that you've started. We could just jump right in and start by, why was it that you joined Barack about? Um, and I don't know if you were planning on talking about this, but your your high school profile that one might not expect would lend itself to uh, to Barack about. I don't believe many managers of what was it the tennis team um, <laughs> then <laughs> then go on to have a college boxing career. Yeah, tennis was not the natural segue into into boxing, but. I mean, I remember I first learned about boxing because one of my older sisters had participated in the program. So I had first gotten to know it that way. And she had um, she had been in the program when it was a single night of fights. And so I went one year with my parents and my other sibling to go watch her. And I remember at the time thinking that there was no way I was ever going to do boxing, that it was super cool. My sister Kim is she's a very scrappy person and I was like I can't measure up to that level of like scrappiness so like if I did boxing there would be no way I would survive so initially I entirely wrote boxing off um, and especially because as you said I was a tennis player I did basketball and volleyball when I was in grade school so boxing was not kind of and something that you would think I would be interested in um, but just fast forward to arriving at Notre Dame as a freshman and I think like most women who sign up for boxing, I had just been looking for a way to stay active while I was on campus. And so I remembered my sister Kim's fight and I was like, you know what? Why not just go to a practice, see what it's about. I know she raved about the experience and I was in Pangborn. And so there are a lot of other Pangborn girls, which RIP Pangborn, but there are a lot of other Pang girls who are interested in boxing. And so like I had a group of buddies to go with, which definitely helps when you're trying something new. And so I had gone and just that first practice, I remember I absolutely just fell in love with it. And I knew even without putting on the gloves that this was definitely gonna be a sport that I, that I really enjoyed, that, connect, that I was able to connect with. And I mean, it's just, the type of sport where you go in knowing that it's gonna be a really big challenge and that it's going to be hard mentally, physically, but if you give it your all, you're gonna be really proud of yourself on the other side. And so I just kind of became addicted to that challenge and was like, let's just see where this goes. And so thank you to my sister, Kim, for introducing me to the idea of boxing and then just kind of getting over that initial, like, I don't wanna do this, but you know what, let's give it a shot. I was really, really happy that I did it. One of the things that stood out to me when I first met you, and of course, it was your brother-in-law and my former co-worker, Matt Closer, who mentioned you were doing Brockabouts and facilitated our introduction, was just how invested you were as a freshman, which isn't often the case for many boxers. But just because someone is invested and works really hard doesn't mean they're immune to nerves or that they don't have a million things running through their head before stepping through those ropes. I'm curious. What was going through your mind that first time you stepped into the ring for that first spar or before a match? So definitely first spar was just utter fear. 
Um, I remember I would have to like psych myself up for like today's the day that I go write my name on that list, sign up for the SPAR. And like, so I would be sitting through classes all day, just like dreading it. Cause I was like, this is the day. And the first time, I mean, I know for fights, my first thought was always, I have to pee really, really bad, which also held up for spars because I was scared and I'm a nervous peer. And so I was just freaking out. But once I kind of get over that, like the nervousness, the fear, and especially with that first fight, getting that first fight out of the way, um, you just have to kind of push through that. And then you get the first fight done. And I think you can, there would be a sense like, all right, you may have been disappointed with how you performed, but you should for sure your main takeaway should be the fact that you got in the ring to begin with and kind of just that sense of power of like you know what i did it and like not a lot of people would be signing up to go put themselves into a ring and exchange punches with someone and so those were moments that i became really proud of and just every single time thereafter when i would sign up for a spar or like go back my sophomore year for more of just like i was very proud of the fact that you know what i worked hard in a spar, in a, in a bout is when you're really able to kind of see your work pay off and be proud of the fact that you, that you did it. Um, and I think, I really think that's no small thing. It's funny you mentioning the nervousness and the need as a result to run to the restroom beforehand. It certainly doesn't help matters for boxers. That's such a big part of their preparation the day of a bout is staying really well hydrated. It is the devil's combination for real. Like you just, I just also remember before like on fight night when, you know, you get gloved up, like once you put the gloves on and like before someone tapes them, um, which do they still do that? Is that still, do they still tape them? They still tape them, right? Okay. But like, I would remember they would ask like, do you have to go to the bathroom one more time? Because they know like once that tape is on, you're done for. But I do remember at least one year, like someone being like, nope, take it, like take the tape off. I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) So when you would make it into the ring, and the announcer would introduce you, you had what most would probably characterize as a peculiar nickname in that no one, at least to the best of my recollection, has also had that nickname. Could you talk a little bit about your boxing nickname and the meaning behind it? Definitely. So my boxing nickname was The Glomer, and it Everyone bear with me as I explain this, because I'm also going to go down a bit of a philosophical route as I explain this, because this nickname did mean a lot to me. Um, But essentially, it is a family nickname. So I am certainly the hugger in my family. And so my siblings and my parents always say, like, when I hug someone, I glom onto them. Hence, I am the glommer. Um, And so I really wanted to take this nickname as my boxing name, because when I first told members of my family that I was boxing, one of the first things one of them sent to me was just like, you're a lover, not a fighter, that they didn't think that the sport was gonna be the right one for me. Um, And honestly, that lit lit a bit of a fire in me, I think as it would with anyone where you wanna prove someone wrong um, and kind of stand up for yourself a little bit. And so I just became really dedicated to this idea that a lover and a fighter are not mutually exclusive things, that they can exist in the same person And also just like very cheesily, I think that you have to fight for the things that you love. And so like, I would always just remind myself of that. And to break it down even a little bit more, like I chose this name, like I said, to like remind myself that people can be a lot of different things at one time. And that's entirely fine and almost like as it should be, right? And I would always think about how 
I was a peace studies major. And so I would be going to classes in the afternoons that would be like about peaceful resistance to power. And then I would be in the evenings going to the boxing gym and punching my friends in the head. And I think like it was all, boxing was all for a tremendous cause, right? And we're doing it safe. And I was learning so much about myself in it. The sport kind of became about accepting the various parts of myself, even when they didn't make sense to other people, because honestly, who cared? Like it made sense to me. I absolutely loved it. And that's, that's kind of what mattered. I would say also that just numerous times over the years, I feel like when you explain boxing or when I talk about in college, I used to be part of the boxing club. A lot of people just immediately are like, boxing is such a, a violent and awful sport. And so I always like to just emphasize how, how Notre Dame does boxing because it's very safe. Safety comes first always. Um, and I think that is really, really important to emphasize to people when you're talking about it. And so boxing became just kind of just about cultivating that stronger sense of self-confidence, right? And becoming comfortable in your own skin and standing up for like, hey, boxing is a sport in which I work hard and I, I feel a lot more confident and I have, I put those boxing gloves on and I feel a lot more comfortable in my own skin. So just like the physical and mental demands of boxing, like I said before, are just, when you take it on, you should be really proud of yourself for that challenge. Lastly, so this is my real philosophical route. Um, along the theme of being both a lover and a fighter, boxing meant finding a community on campus that I absolutely loved and would do anything for. Boxing is just, it's both an individual and a community sport. So we have those moments when it's just us with those gloves on, right? And we're trying, we're putting to the test everything that we've been working towards. But we also train together. We spar against one another. We, like I've sparred numerous times against my own friends and we were encouraging one another. And so essentially by taking the glamour as my nickname, I was reminding myself of all of that every single time that I was proud of who I was. I was becoming more confident every single time. And I loved that. I loved the challenge and that I had a group of really inspiring women right beside me. We were, we are a community of people who are fighters, boxers, and just women who found in boxing a way to become more confident and feel strong together and individually. And that is really, really powerful to me. So all of that is encapsulated in the glamour, which sidebar also sounds kind of intimidating, but jokes on other people because it really just means I like to hug a lot. Your response is exactly why I love asking that question. For so many boxers, there's a backstory that means far more than anyone in the audience could guess. And oftentimes there's a family element that really makes it even more special. And I think it serves as a good transition into the next segment of the podcast, which has become one of my favorites, which is putting boxers on the hot seat for 60 seconds so that listeners can get a better chance to know a little bit about them as we rattle off as many questions as we can. Oh, man. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Favorite dorm that wasn't your own? Walsh. Favorite thing about your hometown? Uh, Kikido Creations. Actress who would play you in a movie? Often told Daisy Ridley. Summer or winter? Mm, winter. Fireplaces. South or North Dining Hall? Oh, South. Come on. Hogwarts. Uh, sweet potato or French fries? Sweet potato. 
favorite Halloween costume you've ever worn? Ooh, I'm not much of a Halloween person. Oh, this is stumping me. I used to be Esmeralda as a kid, like every year. And finally, if someone suddenly gave you a lot of money, how would you spend it? Vacation for my family. Where would you go? Ooh, Gatlinburg. We had a fantastic family vacation there years ago, and I think we would be able to have a good time again. Did we make it under 60 seconds with all of that? Well, I think my follow-up question put us over just a little bit, but that's on me. You were great. (laughs) Uh, You boxed all four years, and you had a lot of success in the ring. Actually, how many bouts did you have? Was it eight for you? Yeah, eight, because I think my freshman year was only like the second or third year that they started doing two nights instead of one. And th- yeah, and it has since evolved to three nights of competition. Um, Elder sister Kim would be very jealous because like I said, she only got one night. So I know when I started boxing, she was jealous of me and now I'm jealous of all of the current boxers. <laughs> when you look back on those eight bouts, is there one memory that stands out from the rest as, as being your favorite among them? So I definitely think, I think of my junior year as my best um, in terms of just like my best boxing year and my best performance in the ring Um, because I had trained hard all summer. So I was, junior year was me, my first year as a captain. And so I was at home for the summer at my parents' place and I was training hard because I was absolutely petrified of like, having that moment when you're counting like push-ups during practice and it sounds like I'm dying. And so I wanted to be able to do that and actually sound like I could do the exercise without perishing. And so I was training really, really hard that summer, I remember. And I just was putting in, putting in my all. And I don't know if you remember this, but that fall, it was my junior year, was when I found out I had to get my wisdom teeth removed, like right before- I remember. Yep, right before sparring got started. And I'm sure I was really, I was mad and I was such a pill because I was going to lose a couple of weeks when I couldn't work out or spar. And so by the time I was able, I was clear to do all of that. I think I had something like two weeks before fight night, two or three, um, and fall break was in there. So it must have been more like three. But anyways, I had just like a shortened period of time for like spars and this is my favorite memory for a lot of reasons. And one of them is because you were an absolute rock star, Matt. And we would stay af- we would stay late so that I could throw mitts with you. And so we were cramming in all that extra time. And again, I'm, gonna, I'm curious if you remember this too, but we started working on a combo in which I would throw a few punches and then switch to a southpaw for a little bit. Do you remember this? Yes. Mm-hmm. So not only were we cramming in extra mitt time after practices, but we were just trying that in my mind, crazy combo that I was very scared to ever try in the ring because my fear was that I was going to like trip over my own two feet when I was like jumping. And so I wasn't entirely sold that I was going to throw it, but it, it came to fight nights. I was way more prepared thanks to your help than I thought I would be after losing a few weeks. And I made it through the first round. And in the second, Uh, the final night, I don't remember what round it was, but I have such the clear memory of those handful of seconds when my brain was just like, let's do it. And I was like, throwing the punches, switched and started throwing punches as a lefty for a little bit and switched back. And it worked. I remember how I landed those punches. And I also like can hear you screaming in in the back of my mind. 
And so just that became my favorite memory because, well, one of, I have many, but one of my favorite memories just because I had a stumbling block, but surpassed it. You and I worked really, really hard to kind of get me back up to speed. We put together this ridiculous combo that then I was actually able to execute in the ring and just feel really, really proud of myself. And so I absolutely, I love that. And I really, it's so clear, like that handful of seconds of when I actually threw that combo. It's funny that you mention that night, second round of junior year, because what I remember most about that evening is before your bout, you were doing a good bit of cornering. And I don't know if you recall, but your opponent went down to the pit to, to start warming up ahead of you. And you still were cornering and you were almost torn between what do you do and, and felt like, well, she's trying to get ahead and get more preparation. And, and I remember saying to you, it's like, Shannon, you are prepared. Like the reason she's going down extra early right now is because she knows how prepared you are because you put in all that work. And then you stayed like you were being a good teammate first and foremost and cornered up until the last moment before we had to start getting, go and get ready. And then you went out there and you just boxed flawlessly for three rounds. And it was just, I remember when you kind of had that look of like, yep, I am prepared. I'm okay. I don't need to panic. I was like, this is going to be a really good night. (laughs) I don't remember that particular part. And now I wish I do. Maybe I just blacked it out because I was like so petrified. But I mean, I absolutely loved cornering. And that was one of the best parts about being a captain was being able to corner for people. I mean, add that to the list of my favorite memories, Mm -hmm. I guess. I know one of my uh, good friends who had done boxing, I think it was maybe my senior year. And she has a picture of me being in her corner for her. And it's just like, I absolutely treasure it. It's so great. So senior year, you were the president. You had a lot on your plate. It wasn't wisdom teeth, but I know you had some other health stuff, just weren't at 100%. And like many presidents, I did not feel like senior year, you were able to demonstrate your your boxing ability to its, its fullest potential. But your charge as president was to focus on the club. And and it kind of reminded me a little bit of like what's going on now where you've got this great plan, you've got these great aspirations, and then other stuff uh, changes your your focus. I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that experience of what it was like senior year and trying to balance making the most of that and focusing on the club and some of those sacrifices you had to make for your own boxing. For sure. So... Definitely just on the health front, I have a heart defect, which I've had my entire life, um, which kind of also factored into why I wanted to do Baraka Bouts in the first place. My cardiologist did not tell me not to do it, which if he did, I would not have done it because I do want to stay alive. But he had strongly recommended I don't do it. He did not outright forbid it. So I want, it kind of became a test. Like I wanted to see if I could do it much to my mother's horror. And every time I had a checkup with my cardiologist, I'd always get the side eye of like, you're still doing it. I was like, I'm still doing it. Um, it became, again, I guess I have a thing for trying to overcome challenges. And my senior year layered on top of that was, yeah, additional health concerns that I had kind of mostly with my stomach. And so I just was constantly a little like I felt constantly like I was never feeling 100% right and like I never felt like I could get in the ring and leave it all because I was never feeling really really well and it was definitely hard 
paired with just trying to fill the shoes of being a good president, um, being a good captain, being a good co-president, I should say. I had a co-president and we were able to tackle the boxing club and trying to make it as big as we wanted. It was something that both of us had really wanted to make sure everyone on campus knew about the Barackabouts. Um, and so we had a big challenge and we really, really wanted to see what we could make the club our senior year. Um, and I would say just when it comes to having these types of hurdles, especially as you just said right now, the best thing that you can really do is just try and figure out what works for you and try and adapt to the best that you can and work with the tremendous support system that the boxing team has. So they have you, they have Nate, which, what's up, Nate? Hello. And like Mac. And I am sure that they are giving their all and trying to give workouts to the boxers. And it's just, it comes down so much to what does boxing mean to you? Um, is this something that you see a lot of value in? And no matter what, no matter if you're feeling 100% or you don't have access to the gym or the being able to throw mitts or spar, um, it's just about figuring out how you can still access the community and the feeling that you get when you are boxing. Um, it is not easy and my heart aches for people who are not gonna be able to box this year. It really does. But I just, I hope that you are able to find a way that allows you to have the experience because it's all it's all about the experience and the team members and the friends that you make along the way more than anything and like i had said earlier i used to spar my friends and i'm sure people still do because it is that type of environment where you're working together you're encouraging one another and like that's that's what we're in it for so it doesn't matter whether you're actually able to get in the ring or if you're doing workouts out in front of jordan or whatever like you have your teammates it's so clear that you've drawn so much from Barackabouts and that your experience was not just contained to this four-year period and then you were done with it. Could you talk a little bit about some of the lessons that you've taken away and how you've applied them since graduating? Mm -hmm. So, and I've definitely touched on this a bit already, but I really credit boxing with helping me cultivate just like a stronger sense of self-confidence and the ability to be in a room and take up space and not apologize for it. And I think that is very much connected to the fact that I hate speaking in front of people. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. Even for this podcast, I was just like, oh goodness, I have to speak and it's being recorded and people are gonna listen to me. Um, but that is something that I've struggled with my entire life. But boxing has helped me kind of chip away at that over the years. And I think it stems from, so, now when I have a speaking engagement or something where I'm in front of a crowd, even if it's like a crowd of more than like two people, there's a trick that I do. And it, the trick, which I will get to, stems from, again, my senior year of boxing when we had our first practice. And I remember, so Kylie, my co-pres, had made like a ton of flyers and table tents because like I said, we were trying to get as many people into boxing as possible. And like one of the things we always heard was just like from women, like I never heard about boxing until it was too late to join. And so we're like, we're gonna make sure that that doesn't happen, that at least everyone has heard about it and has the opportunity. 
Well, we did not anticipate more than like 200 people showing up that first day. Do you remember that? Because we were in the pit and people kept flooding in. And I remember we like looked at Nate and we were just like, uh, is upstairs open? Like, can we go? <laughs> can we go up? We need more space. And that day, just like I didn't have time to prepare to think about the fact that I was going to speak in front of like 200 plus people. Like I just had to do it. And so I had just like weirdly that sense of calm in front of the crowd. Um, and so now when I'm speaking in front of people, I just always imagine it's a group of like 200 women who want to learn how to punch. And that is like somewhat calming, mainly because it just like reminds me of that time where it's like, I could do this. I did it. I got through that day. I was proud of myself for being able to like coach through the first practice. And so now whenever I'm just speaking in front of people, I'm like, all right, you are a wannabe boxer. And that's going to help me calm down and just remember that I can do this. So if you were to to imagine that there were 200 young women listening to your podcast uh, interview and were thinking about joining Barackabouts um, and were looking for a piece of advice that you might offer, what would you share with them? Well, first of all, so if you do decide to do boxing and it turns out that you're able to spar or have a tournament, remember to keep your hands up because... <laughs> I cannot in good conscience ask about boxing advice and not say that. <laughs> so that aside. Terry would be so proud. Oh, goodness. I'm glad. I'm glad I could do the Terry in the program proud. Um, but, in the corner. Keep your hands up. <laughs> keep your hands up and remember your stance. Was it feet, knees, sides, elbows, hands, chin? Did I just? Look yeah. at that. <laughs> Five years later, still going strong. Um, so all of that aside, um, and my advice, I don't think is going to be anything particularly groundbreaking, but it stems more from my own experience of just, if you're thinking about it, give it a shot. Boxing came, as you now know through the course of this interview, like boxing came to re represent something so much more to me than just a way to stay active while on campus. It became a way for me to become a lot prouder of the person I was, to become more confident, to find a community of people on campus who I absolutely adored. Like boxing is hard. It is a lot. It's hard work. Mac and Nate put together workouts that make your arms want to fall off. And I'm now, because it's October, I'm now thinking of like Nate's variations of exercises that he like adds like Frankenstein to. So I'm looking forward to all of you learning that. But really, I just mean like after, after every practice spar bout, I always felt the strongest I had ever been. I just want to make sure that people have the opportunity to have a similar experience. And just if you do decide to do boxing, not only should you keep your hands up, but you also should just have fun. This is not the end all. It's not the end all be all. And I mean that to say more as like, if you, when you're in the ring, you're leaving it all in the ring. And no matter, it does not matter what the result is, like you are putting your all in the ring and that's, that's what matters. But you're putting your all in the practice, whatever it is, and you should be really proud of that and remember that you're there as i said earlier you're there for the community for your teammates and i just i remember my first fight my senior year was against a girl who i had become friends with just over the course of the season and that night was her birthday and we were friends and i remember right before we were just like let's go in and have a good time it's like, we both worked hard. We just want to enjoy the fruits of our labor. And that 
was one of my most favorite fights as well. I guess I have lots of favorite fights, but I actually have a picture of that fight somewhere. Well, I guess the listeners can't see it, but there is a picture of that fight up on my wall because it came to represent so much to me, right? It was, we both worked hard and we entered that ring to have a good time. And that's what we did. And so we were hugging at the end of it. So that's what my picture is on the wall because it's my absolute favorite. But um, let me say you were glomming onto her. Some might say I was glomming. Exactly. Full circle. Um, Yeah. My advice is just to just to give it a shot because you have the chance to discover so much more about yourself and find a supportive team. And I feel like especially in these days, finding a good support system on campus is so important. Shannon, you've answered every question just so beautifully. It's been so much fun. Final question that I've got for you. And it's also, I realized I've been calling you Shannon, which I feel is so formal. Normally I just call you Shannon. Super weird. Yeah, yeah. super weird. Stop it. <laughs> um, we started this now a couple episodes ago. The final round, just an opportunity to give give a shout out to, to two people who were really instrumental in your boxing journey, whether it was a teammate or a family member or a friend. Um, and so just wanted to give you that opportunity to acknowledge two people who were um, a really big part of your Barack Abouts experience. Well, first, and I warned you I was going to say this, you, Gelch. So for all those listeners, Gelchin was the person who was in my corner every fight all four years. You stayed with me late for mitts way more than just my junior year in those couple weeks. And I mean, I'm, we met each other like within two, three weeks of my freshman year. Yeah, through my brother-in-law. And your support, especially during those tough years, was so instrumental. And so you are definitely one of my shout outs. Could, very kind. Boxing would not have been the same without you throwing mitts in an ace t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Always in the ace t-shirt. Always in the ace t-shirt. A different color every practice. Um, second person would be my sister, Lauren. So not my, well, I guess I just like lump my sisters together because there's the sister who first introduced me to boxing so I owe her and also my sister Lauren because she would be at every one of my fights screaming her head off I definitely still have videos that like my family would take in the stands and you just hear Lauren screaming for me in the stands and I could hear it and so definitely owe it to her as well just always having that support system well Thank you, Shan. That was very kind of you. I was thinking about this beforehand, and one of the reasons I was so looking forward to this interview, you were the first boxer, men's or women's program, for whom I had the opportunity to corner every single one of their bouts all four years. Because um, it was 2017 when there were three guys in Bengal bouts who I would have cornered every every bout freshman through senior year, but you beat them, uh, beat them by a year, and so... Just so, so grateful for for your generosity of of time and insights. And uh, just a final reminder for those who are listening that if you're interested in supporting Barackabouts this year, you've got the link to their mobile cause page on the description of the podcast, as well as in the show notes for this episode. And just thanks so much, Janet. This This was fantastic. Thanks for having me on. And thanks everyone for listening. I'm sure my answers were super rambling at points, but... I hope that there are nuggets that were helpful. And thank you, Gilchin, for doing this. This is awesome. And everyone go support and donate. Well, thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.